in three, two, one. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to the Build Live podcast. I'm Megan, and today we're bringing you part two of our interview with the lovely Tanya Ferguson. If you missed last week's episode, I highly recommend that you listen into that. We pick up right where it left off. So let's jump in. Yes, absolutely. So so your husband was like really uh, involved in spearheading your build. Like what, like now what does, what is he up to now that your project's finished? Well, thank God we had our builder friend that basically Dale got to be his grunt laborer and he told Dale step-by-step how to build a house. And so we had such a good experience. We actually hope to build our own Barndo rentals in town, Um, out of town. Actually, we don't want to deal with all the red tape of in-town and inspections. We'd like to find some country property. There's a real need in our community for um, high-end rentals. Uh, There's a a pretty big gap between purchase and uh, rentability. And so that is our goal and dream is to build black and white barndos, um, a whole neighborhood of them. That's a someday dream right now. Building prices, as you know, are very high. So, <laughs> they're insane. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're insane. So he is um, right now today, he's got the uh, tractor out and he's mowing our property. He built us a chicken coop out back for um, some new girls we welcome to our family. He's working on finishing the basement. Dale works from home with me. We run a home-based business together. So when he's not working with me, he's tinkering around, trying to finish up the final details. Even two years later, as OCD as I am, there are still things we're waiting for. We still need to get our staircase um, railings. Uh, The guy needs to come in and solder them in-house. We are still waiting on the basement um, cabinetry because we just recently ordered those. You know, like there's a few things we saved yeah. for when we had the cash roll to do it again. Um, so he tinkers. I say he's he's a good little retired tinkerer around here, uh, but just about anything I need done, he can do. Uh, and he will spearhead the next build. He learned enough, uh, feels very confident that if someone would frame it, that we could finish it. And um, we've got friends in heating and air and plumbing that basically... Um, plumb everything in and then we set it. Um, we pull wires. We do a lot of the things ourselves. Even if an electrician comes out and, and tells us where everything's going to go, Dale could pull the wires and put the boxes in. Um, if the fantastic. plumber comes out and set, you know puts the piping up, we can set all our own toilets and sinks. And so Dale grew up on a farm. He's just a, a, one of those guys that can just about do anything. Uh, maybe not tile and grout. We haven't practiced that yet, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty he's pretty handy that does make it helpful um i know one of the questions you guys had asked was about price per square foot i'll tell you it's very interesting our town so we live in the midwest our town has um, increased building prices to over $200 a square foot to date. Wow. It used to be about 150 when we started building now it's 200 Dale and i were able to build this whole thing for $80 a square foot so we were able to build much more house than we would have had we hired this out yeah yes. Yeah, that's a, yeah, very similar. We live outside of Des Moines and I mean, you're seeing, you're seeing that. And unfortunately, I mean, that's tough. That's tough on people. Like we're, you know, building for people and people wanting their, you know, come to me and say, Hey, I want to build this house and I want to spend X number of dollars. And sometimes I have to just tell them, I want to be like, I'm really sorry, but there's like, we spent more than that in materials on our house. So there's absolutely no way we can build your house for you for that. And I just Um, think that people aren't quite grasping how drastically things have changed. So when we're talking with the builders in the market, they don't even give lumber package prices anymore. It's fluid. Like here's my building price. Your lumber package will be determined the day I order your lumber. Truly. That's how they're doing it. Oh, that's how, yes, we're building now and um, for others. And that's what we tell them in the contract is that unfortunately we have to, 
give you an estimate and then we have, and then your actual price will be when we click order it, buy it. Yeah. Because, oh, um, you know, because no builder would be able to even stay in business. So, you know, I tell people, I'm like, we'd go bankrupt on one build if we we honored the price that we gave you nine months ago. You're so right. uh, We just can't eat six, seven, $8,000 a pop you know, no, no, and some people's listen and some people's lumber packages are like 50 and 60 grand different mm-hmm. than yes. what they were being told. I mean, it's, it's, yes. it's mind boggling the amount that we're talking, the difference between someone building a home and not honestly, yeah. but you know, what's crazy when we're talking with our builder friends, they're like, we've never been busier. I'm telling you yes. the whole last two years, they they're booked out to next fall. Like it, it's, it doesn't even make sense, but it's almost like people are like, okay, we've been talking about doing this for so long. We better just do it. Get out of town, get into the country where we want, where we can grow our own food yes. and have our own water. Well, I mean, I think people are like, peace out. Yeah. We'll do whatever That's it takes. Even if we have to live. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. if we have to live unfinished for a while, we'll just get it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're boutique builders. So, you know, we only really do take on one barn dough at a time and um, I number everybody, I you know, like I've, I've quit giving people start dates. I just give them a number Yeah, <laughs> and, and we're, we've got, t- and there's 10 in the queue right now, you know, like, and we just started, we you. officially That's... started building in January and it was That's like, exciting. You go, yeah, pe- but they're right. Like you're busier than ever yeah. with, with this because people are like, okay, we just, we have to bite the bullet. We have to do it. Um, and this is a great way to be able to make it more affordable than if you were to build a traditional home because you do get dried in so much quicker this way. You know, you're not having, and then you can take over the project from there. So these these types of builds are still economical for people, even though they are more expensive than they were five years ago. So if you can get mentally over that hump, yeah. And say, I, I just have to ignore the fact that if I had done this five years ago, it would have cost probably about yeah, half don't, as look much. Back. <laughs> right. yeah, don't look back. Oh, just look forward yeah. and say, it's still really affordable. And it's still something that um, can be done, you know, rising interest rates. The answer to that is like, we'll just go for it. And then if the interest rates drop, then you can refinance right. and mm-hmm. it's not, you know, that isn't a big deal because then if they go up, you're kind of stuck, you yeah. know? So it's like, just go for it, do it. And, you know, enjoy that, like, ability to provide some things for your family all on your own, Um, you know, whether that's a couple chickens or a full garden or all of the things. Yeah, just a couple of things and or just the peace. Maybe you don't want to grow your own food or have any animals or anything. You just want to, like, have a little quiet to be able to slow down from life. Um, And I think, you know, people should just go for it. I was right. a city girl that married a country boy. And um, the first house we we ever lived in together after marriage was a um, was an old 1920s farmhouse on 17 acres. At first I was like scared. I'm like, there's nobody around. And like, as soon as we kind of settled into life, I started getting gardens and chickens. And I'm like, I never want to go back to town. And, and as soon as we sold that RV, I'm like, get me out of Dodge. Like there's too many people in RV parks. I had missed the wide open spaces, whether I'm just because I want to sit on the porch in my jammy top or whether it's because I want to, you know, be uh, self-sufficient. There's just something really beautiful about just having nobody in your line of sight. Yes. But I want to circle back to something you said. Um, When we look at a traditional stick built home and we look at a barn dominium, people are like, well, you know, which one's more affordable, which one's more expensive. I got to tell you, livability, our home, because of the way we were able to finish um, and insulate is our 50 value. We heat our entire home with a 
fireplace insert. We're talking 3000 on the main floor and then the heat of the basement. The basement just kind of stays cozy because we circulate the air with a fan. Now you can't tell me that that's not a tight house. Right. If I can do that in the wintertime when it's freezing cold outside and I can put some logs in the fire that came from my backyard, from my forest, and we are able to heat and stay very comfortable because of the way that the, you know, there's an air gap because there's flashing because you can do that or spray foam or open cell or closed cell the way you do the ceiling. You can do so many more things in a barn dough build than you could in a traditional stick friend home. I also want you to know that your insurance is going to, so now we're talking cost of living is lower. Your, your heating and air is lower. Now you talk about insurance. They love you because you have a metal roof. You are fire resistant. You are hail damage resistant. And let's talk about you and I not having to go scrape our houses ever and paint. We just hose it down once a year. I mean, come yes. on. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And you can hose it down every other year if you really want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> if you paint your house yeah. green like some of us, then you'd never have to hose it down. Right. No exactly. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So no, it is. It's a, it's a very affordable way to live. And I think that people are catching on to that. And um, you, you can still add the amount of luxury that you want to these builds. Absolutely. Um, you, know, you don't have to like, you know, people started out doing them bare bones because they wanted the you know, bare cost that they could possibly do it. You know, those people who are like, I built 3000 square foot house worth a hundred thousand dollars all in, you know, and, and um, yeah, but now it's like, you can add so much luxury to it, but you still have such an efficient home. And so well, and I was telling Megan, Emily, before we got to meet you, I was telling Megan, this is not the market five, from five and 10 years ago. When you used to look at Barndos, you're exactly right. It was a raw bachelor pad with parked cars and a saddle and like a deer head on the, on the side of the, the main living room. Like we're talking like a dude pad. Right. And so when we sold our first shouse, we had the most trouble with comparables because the comparables were these dude houses worth like a hundred grand. And we had put a lot, you know, we, we, ours was worth a lot more than that, but we had to try to find comparables. Well, once we sold ours, it hit the market. Now all my friends that have barndos and this barndo, now we have a comparable. Now everybody's barndos are elevated yeah. and there's whole, we have whole developments of barndos to the South of us um, in a town about 45 minutes away and all in the country, our neighbors, like across the 40 acres, they have a barndo. Like all of a sudden, this is not only acceptable, it's desirable. People are lining up to come tour these houses and be like, I think I could live in this. Cause I got to tell you the real truth. When Dale pulled me aside and he said, our tax accountant said, if we want to keep traveling, we have to go back and buy some land in Kansas and put up like a shed or something. No, put buy a house or something to come back to so we can keep deducting mileage. You have to come and go from somewhere to deduct mileage, which we needed being on the road, you know, nine, 10 months a year. And he said, how about I build us a shop and we live in it? And I'm like, what? Ew, <laughs> no, that's like gross. What a shop. And he's like, well, you know, there's these houses inside shops. They're really nice. And I'm like, whatever. Well, I had never heard of it. So I go online and I start peeking and I'm seeing like the dude pads, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I could make this really cute. I said, will you let me have fun with this? Can I make this like a party barn? And he's like, absolutely. And that's when I came up with the 1950s thing. It wasn't our main home. We had the house on wheels. This was supposed to be like a, a stopping point. Well, once I did it once and he's like, 
when we came back to Kansas and he's like, do you want to build like our dream barn though? I'm like, oh dude, I am all in on this. Like, let's <laughs> awesome. go. No more. Ew, no more. Like now it's like a thing. It's, it's totally changed in the last, even six years around here from the first we built to this one. Yeah. Yeah. And now even, alone, even getting alone, nothing but a thing. Yeah. And the first time we had to go round and round and round to find a local credit union or small bank that would help us. Yes. Um, and around where you are, would you say, are the Barnuminiums typically steel frame, hybrids, post frame? Like, what do you see the most of? We are seeing quite a few. Um, there's quite a few that are doing the pool barns. And then there's quite a few that are actually doing the traditional stick framed home connected to a giant pool barn. That's very oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's probably the most I see. Yeah. And then they're all clad in metal, the whole thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been really cool. All right, let's see. I mean, this is exciting. Well, I feel, listen, we, I feel we, like we could be, I feel like we should, we could be friends. Like we, your husband okay. sounds a lot like Paul and, um, and I was a city girl turned, turned country too. And no you know, way. That's so yeah. fun. Well, yeah, when we got married, I told everybody, I was like, it's like that. Remember that old show green acres. Like, That's what we are. <laughs> That's what we are. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. Well, I already told Megan if she's ever through Kansas with her with her trailer, her RV, uh, to come park at my house. And I'm going to say the same for you. I know you guys are busy with your with your building, but if you're ever through Oz, I've got a spot for you. We've got okay, so double where, hookup. Yeah. So, what area are you in? Um, I'm in Hutchison, Kansas. Okay. And so what like, part of the what part of the state is it in? Harvey. So we would be southeast, a little bit mid, but just a little bit southeast. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm super excited to see it. I mean, we're, I'm in the, I'm in the RV right now. I'm in the camper now. So Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, well between the 13 month old and all of the turkeys that are surrounding my house, you know, I've got to have somewhere else to go. The quiet so. place. That is very wise. Yeah. I built our business in the back of an RV on a dirty clothes hamper that I put, I would put a little like lap tray on and put my laptop on and like work from the little, because, you know, in an army, there's no space. You can build anything from anywhere if your heart is in the right place and you've got the mind to do it. For sure. Well, so speaking of the kids, how old were they when, when you got started and what did they, they contribute much to the build? I mean, were they excited to be there and see it happening? What was that like for them? So what, by the time we quit traveling, let's see, a year and a half ago. So we had upper elementary and early teenagers um, and then like a junior in high school. So the girls definitely tended to like help me kind of keep things going at the other house. The boys would come out with Dale and sweep and pick up nails. And um, the day that we rented a blower to blow all the bad insulation into the shop ceiling, they were out here two full days filthy as all get out helping daddy from morning to night. Our builder would bring his son out who was also the same age, like 11. And uh, when they got too hot and they needed a break, um, Dale would drive him down in the back of the pickup. There's a pond on the back uh, part of the acreage and they would just bust in the pond and like cool off and lay out and dry off and fill their water with the cold windmill water out there and then come back up and work the rest of the day. And we'd bring them drinks and snacks. I think I made that 20 minute drive about three times a day. I swear I didn't hardly get anything done, but coming out to make decisions for the house and then going back to try to finish teaching school and then come back and 
show them where I wanted this light switch and then I drive back again. I'm like, we should just live out here. That's kind of when we decided to hop in the RV and <laughs> move over here anyways. And then yeah. we never left the house. But um, yeah, so we did have some grunt labor going on. We had some kids sweeping and cleaning. As the house got more and more finished, we definitely pulled kids in um, to help tape off or to help sweep or wipe things down or um, fill nail holes. Uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of nail holes to fill with the little white putty. So we all took turns doing that. I mean, we just definitely, we're a, we're a many hands make light work family. And so we definitely rope our kids into doing a lot around here to uh, earn their keep. And uh, part of, part of being a big family is, is managing uh, household tasks together. So I run a pretty tight ship. We try to, we try to really make it all, uh, all family oriented hard work pays off kind of a deal. As far as like maintaining the house now, um, every kid has two chores a day on a rotating chore chart. So I've got somebody that sweeps the porch, gathers the eggs. I've got a dishes helper. I've got a meal helper. I've got a um, all, someone that fills all the diffusers, someone that sweeps all the hardwood floors. Like, oh, that sounds we, lovely. I need those people. Yeah. yeah so, you, so you train now. <laughs> yeah. Meg, for the, for the low, low price of having four kids. Yeah. <laughs> all this free labor. Yep. All those years of me trying not to pull my hair out, teaching them how to vacuum and scrub toilets has now paid off because I just send them and they do, they know that they have to do their own room and bathroom plus their two chores yeah. a day. So it, it's beautiful how that works. And that's how you keep a tidy space. You guys are going to build these big, beautiful homes. Somebody's got to maintain them. Mom can't do it all by herself. No, no, oh, she cannot. No, no. no I can't. They appreciate, it more. they appreciate it more too when they understand the work that goes into maintaining. Yeah, that's part of yes. you know part of my joy of homeschooling my kids is I get to teach them life skills, um and and that is a life skill. You need to know how to clean the toilet and wipe down the counters and make meatloaf for supper and do your own laundry, wash, dry, and put away, darling, because it doesn't do it itself. Yeah. Oh my that's gosh, so awesome. I can't wait till mine's tall enough for that. <laughs> you can start helping to oh. match socks. That's how we started. We started with matching socks, and then we morphed into folding, and then helping put away, and then eventually you're like. Pick your laundry day. You're going to wash dry and put away your own stuff. That's yeah. been the best thing. Oh. That part. Yeah. One of my good friends, she has, they have eight kids in their home and uh, she's like, once yeah. you're nine from nine on, you, if you have dirty clothes, that's your fault. <laughs> really? They can yeah. totally manage yeah. it. And guess what? They put it away a lot nicer when they folded it than when you fold it and they just like shove it. Yeah. They don't understand the time it took to get that nice. I've noticed that with my husband. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, those take longer to train. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I am starting to see that trend. Oh, oh that's gosh. So funny. Yeah. I'm just looking over the questions that you sent me ahead of time. And honestly, in most of our conversation, just the chatting part, we've covered uh, the majority of it. The only thing I think we haven't answered is um, you you would ask if there was like a big faux pas or like a like a hiccup in the building process, right? Yeah. Okay, so when we poured concrete, we all came out here and sat on the big dirt hill and watched him because they run it with a remote control and they pour the concrete with this giant crane. It's amazing. Like my kids were like, I want one of those. That's so so cool, cool, right? So our, bless his heart. I don't know if he could bit off more than he could chew or what, but when we got our concrete bill, it was $14,000 over budget, over what he quoted us. 14 grand. I, I about dropped dead. I mean, we were like, we were not expecting that so early in the build. We had some contingency money set back, but we were not 
Like, I felt like that was like step one, like Dale did all the dirt work himself. And then step one is pay this guy to do concrete 14 grand over. So we just ate it along the way in little tiny bites. And then we just brought, we had quite a bit in savings that we were hoping to utilize it as needed to do like the finishing things. We just had to take some of that and, and pay that bill. Oh that my was, gosh. So yeah, how that calculation bit. like so far off? Was it, it just was? He, he just underestimated the size of a 3000 square foot basement and a, um, we have a connector. So our house was supposed to be long, like the shop and the house side by side. And as we built, we realized how long it was and there was a big hill up back. So we 45 it and created a 90 degree angle. Now you drive into this really nice courtyard, but there's a big giant mud room that connects the shop to the house. And um, it's like where the boots and chore coats and like a whole bathroom's out there and the, the fridges and stuff. And he over poured that by four feet. And so it was a it, that cost. And then he just underestimated how much it would take to build. And so Dale's like, so how is that my problem? Like, I wanna honor you. I wanna pay for your supplies. Like I understand this is your livelihood, but how can you go 14K wrong? It's like, well, I'll come down 800 and eat some of my time. Ah. Yeah. So I, I thought that was the beginning of the end and yeah. we overcame it. We paid it. We just, um, we skipped landscaping. So we did it ourselves. Jill's <laughs> yeah. been seeding the lawn and watering all summer. And like, I just did potted plants. I'm like, I can't deal with this right now. So yeah. that, that's where the, that's where that it got eaten by quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's tough. Yeah. Nowadays it's just, oh, I'm really sorry. Like we're not charging you more to do it. It just literally costs more, but correct. Oh and it wasn't that back then. That yeah. was just a very bad undersight yeah. on his part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's tough. It does happen. And you just have to, you know, you really have to be good at pivoting during a build. Mm -hmm. So, so even though I feel like my husband and, and our good friend, this builder, were so meticulous about telling me what came next. There was a day, there were several days where I was in town all day, like panic buying things that they needed that day to set. Um, so for example, we got into bathrooms and they're pulling wires and they're like, well, what kind of lights do you have? Or what kind of, where's the sink? So I'd show them and then like, well, what kind of lights are you going to have? Well, where's the mirror? Well, I don't, I didn't buy the mirror yet. I don't have the lights yet. I didn't right. know we were at that part. So I'm like, running into town to find my big circle mirror. And then I'm like, well, this one has two lights, one on the left, one on the right, but all the others have one above or, you know, these decisions right. that snowball real fast because you don't want to plug where you're going to have maybe not a sink and you don't want to sink where you're not going to have two lights. And so there were a couple of times where I was running and, and it was during the pandemic. So I was trying to order stuff online. I was taking it wherever I could get it. I was getting stuff from Wayfair, Home Depot, Lowe's. I was in town at all the places. I'd run an hour to Wichita um, and we'd find it. We'd find what we need or get the shipments in. My whole garage became shipment central because I'm like, well, I'm just buying it all in advance because you, you guys can't keep doing this to me. Right. Um, but there are, there's a lot of decisions. And so my friend, my best friend, she's like, I'm watching you build this house and you're doing it with like grace and ease. I'm like, well, you don't see, you don't see me running all over town. She said, but I actually, when I stop and think about picking paint that matches tile, that matches floors, that matches lighting, that match, I, I can't, I absolutely shut down. And she's like, it like, um, it like invigorates you. And I'm like, it does. Like, I, I want to do it again. So bad girls. Like, I'm like, yes. Yeah what can we build? He's like, nothing till the lumber goes down. I'm like, dang it. I'm ready. Like I'm ready to design yeah. something else. I did this really rustic, like 
farmhouse. I had the Amish guy that built our cabinets wear off all the corners of this black and white kitchen with the seed glass and the old antique knobs. Like I went, oh, brick, that sounds lovely. Raw exposed brick. Like I went super old farmhouse. Well, if we're going to get to do this again, not for me to live in, but for renters, like I want to do like black and white, shiny, really clean, maybe a little more modern. I've got all these ideas that I didn't yeah. use, but I'm like, I'm ready. Cause I, I think it, there's nothing more fun than designing a house. Yes, it's messy. Yes, there's a whole lot of boring before you get to the fun. But when you get there and you see your vision come together, I mean, it's it's just amazing yeah. to see your dream come to life. It really is. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm with you. Designing the house is really fun. It's addicting. I love picking finishes and looking at all yeah. the different things and getting on Pinterest yep. and getting excited about stuff. But like, at least for us, like with our current build, we're almost done and there are things that I waited until the last minute to pick. And I think the next time around, I'll have so much more fun doing it because I won't be waiting to move into to a comfortable place because we're living in a 1200 square foot, we call it the cat piss trailer. Um, <laughs> it sounds great, doesn't it? Um, yeah. You know, it just, it's it, pretty descriptive. Yeah, it, it really paints a picture. So it, I smelled it instantly. I smelled it instantly. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I think once we're comfortable, I'll get excited to dream about that stuff again. And yeah. to hear that you are on the other side of building and you're in and your your kids are happy and healthy and they have a home and you're excited you to do it, it again. I'm like, maybe I'll you be excited it. to do it again one day. Yeah. yeah. You will. I know. Look, a year and a half later, my it's all, it's all must be fine because I'm ready to do it again. It's like having a baby. Like at the time you're like, I'm never. And then you hold that baby and you're like, oh my gosh, I want another one. It's just like that. All right. So big finish big push and then it's done and you can walk barefoot out into your kitchen living room and dining room and be like I helped make this oh my gosh yeah yeah that's, that's a, a good lot way of fun. to put it it is mm -hmm. like having a baby it is and then you'll want to do it again you I'm, really, in, yeah, I'm in the third trimester of my build currently so. yeah yeah and, <laughs> and Megan and I I told her I said you know having a baby and building a house is a lot of the same is that people aren't going to tell you everything because if we told you everything up front, you wouldn't yeah. do it. <laughs> Honestly, got truth right there. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have to trust that all of the pain and all of the tears and stuff will be worth it in the end. And it'll be a lot of fun, but yeah, we're not there is no such thing as a perfect build, but if you're willing to pivot and work through difficulty as a team, as, as a group, like whoever you're working with, spouse or otherwise, mm -hmm. Um, you really, there's, it's kind of like a palette of art. Like there is no mistake. Like if you make a mistake on a painting, you simply just use that and go in a different direction. That's exactly what we would do, right? Okay, yeah. so you don't have my flooring and it's discontinued. Well, guess what? I found something I liked even better. It always works itself out, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, because people put a lot, you know, nowadays that, you know, forever home is such a term that people throw around, especially related to barnuminiums. And with it, people have pressure. also put the, yeah, perfection. You, you feel that pressure that everything, every detail is going to have to be perfect. And I'm going to have to have zero regrets with my build. And that's just not the reality of it is that you will have things about your design that you Wish. maybe not like that you just wish you could have you would have made a different decision because your yeah. life maybe has changed or um you oh know gosh, even just a light switch location yeah exactly. why did I put it here exactly but, but that doesn't it's not a deal breaker no, no no and so to put that kind of pressure on yourself to have that anxiety of like it has to be forever means it has to be perfect it's no. just 
it's unreasonable. Mm -hmm. It's so unnecessary because nothing will be. And it just, it needs to have the core elements that you're looking for in your home and the rest of it. Because if you were to then sell this and go do the next one, there will be a whole list of other you things. Again. Like, yeah. yeah. You'd be like, hey, when, you know, I told I people. I missed this, but now I miss this. Make yes. it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So keep, so anyone that's listening, it's like release that burden from yourself. Like don't, don't let that sit on your shoulders that, that forever means perfect. No, because it's not achievable. Just have so much fun doing it well. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, no, that's this really is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Well, then do we want to maybe conclude? And um, I, I'm sure I'm going to have a whole long laundry list of questions for you via email or Instagram message before we release this. So, because um, I, right. I know that once people see your house, they're going to freak out. <laughs> Oh, so, so, so I think, so Tanya, can you tell us like, if somebody wants to see your house and follow you, like where, where are the best places that they should go? Okay. That's a great question. So on Instagram, we are RV Oilers because that is how it all began. Uh, my Instagram page was for a home-based business and it became um, a place where I share my life and, and my photos. And so our entire Bondo build is on there. I used to have a Facebook, but um, uh, due to current events, Facebook has banned me for life. So you're talking to a <laughs> you're talking to a repeat offender, Jill, Facebook jailbird right now. So don't follow me on Facebook, okay? But on Instagram, RV Oilers is where you'll find our whole build. I'm happy to answer questions. Um, while my whole Instagram isn't my barndo, it is my heart and my life. And you're welcome to peek into it. I'm really proud of my family. I'm really grateful for a home that I have only dreamed of my whole life, had no idea I'd ever get to actually live in and build. And so um, I welcome them to come scroll through my life. I share recipes and um, life with four teenagers or four big kids and uh, and the, the Bardo journey along the way. And as we finish our home, I continue to share those detailed pictures. Although the majority of the build is done, there's just still a few little things we're working on. Um, but that would be the best place. And I'm happy to answer questions. And then I'll tell you, we've had several people come through the area and get an in-person tour. Um, and Dale and I are from the Midwest and we believe in hospitality. And so if there's anybody that's passing through the area that would like to come in person, um, we've given many, many dozen tours of this home since we moved into it a year and a half ago. That and is awesome. Neat. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and cool. then another question, if someone is scrolling through your page, uh, is there an opportunity to purchase your floor plan anywhere or get that design? Yeah, they can message me and I would be happy to share it. In fact, I think it's already shared on one of the posts and I like drew in with a with my fat finger on my phone, like the changes that we made, but I'd be happy to, to direct them to that. Um, they're welcome to them. We're really happy with how it turned out and I'd love to, to visit with them and tell them the things that we did change as we built. That's the other thing I wanted to tell you. As you build a house, if you're part of the build, you can make quick changes as you go that are life-changing in the end. Like we built a bulk food pantry and rearranged the whole laundry room and added a door from the master closet to the laundry room. Things that I would not have caught if I hadn't been on site or yeah. doing it myself, right? Sure. So yeah. bonus bonus, and a little tidbit for you. Yes, yes. Because custom home plans are, they're basically a living document that you yeah. have to work through as you Lex progress. And in, yes, mm -hmm. yes. So that's yeah. awesome. Thank you so much for spending your time with us, Tanya. I really appreciate it. It's been it. fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, we like, both been of awesome. you. I would hang out with both <laughs> of you again. You both need to come sit on my big front porch and have some tea with me. I would yes. love that. Oh, yes. 100%. Yeah. Anytime. No, I'm I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard about your snack drawer, snack drawers and like all the rule, house rules. And I'm like, how long would it take for me to get there? <laughs> Come on. Kansas is 1500 miles from anywhere fun you want to go. So it may not be the best, most fun state, but we're like right on the way. Just stop through. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, and we just bought the camper. So you have a lot to teach me about like RVing. So yeah, girl, I fit six people in that for six years. So like we can talk. <laughs> there are some space saving things to do and no shoes. It's best if you do no shoes in there because it gets filthy in like five minutes. Oh gosh. Okay. Perfect. Well, oh, I will, when you're ready, I will take that to heart. I'm going to have to call you later. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Emily and Megan, you guys are awesome. I I'm really honored to um, get to visit with you today and to share our Bondo experience and, and my heart for this and this community and just um, people creating home. I think more than ever, as the chaos of the world surrounds us, people are really drawing inward. And I think there's something very spiritual and faith-filled and beautiful about this movement that brings family back home, that um, that made Walmart game um, shelves empty during the pandemic. Like that, I actually cried when I saw empty Walmart game shelves because I'm like, People are remembering how to be home again and the rat race of a busy life that pulls you away and pulls you away. You have to make a decision to to be still, to slow down, to cultivate family in an environment that you call home. And, And so that's something we're just so passionate about. And so as these beautiful people listening today create the home of their dreams, may they also cultivate that inward environment of family, laughter, kitchen table, game night fun. Um, along the way. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. A huge thank you to Tanya for her time and willingness to share her story and her heart. You can tell she's passionate. You can find her on Instagram at RV Oilers. That's the best place to get a look at this home she loves so much. You can find me online at my website, barndominiumtour.com, and find Emily at mrpostframe.com or on her YouTube channel, which is kind of a big deal. Mr. Post Frame, your time is so precious and we're honored that you spend it with us each week. So we'll see you next Thursday. Thanks for being here.